it's really important that you take the time to notice. It's just awareness. Yeah. If you don't have awareness of, of your replaceability functions or what you're spending time on, you, you can't make any change, right? Changes all begin at awareness. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm here as, well, not as always, but as one time a month with, <laughs> with AV. Uh, you guys know him, but if you don't, well, you're about to. And so let me remind you of the mission, right? This is, this is why we do what we do. Educate, elevate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose so they can reveal their most authentic self in order to live their most fulfilling and regret-free life possible. It's a huge effing mission, and we're on it, and we're 100% dedicated to it, both in our coaching, in our front-runner mastermind, and events and retreats, literally in everything we do, and like the new stuff that we've got going on. In our mental purpose community, if you haven't joined, join that mental purpose. It's the mental purpose community on Facebook, not to be confused with the mental purpose podcast community. And we are going to be offering some really cool stuff, our product lines, because we've got such demand. Aaron and I are going to be offering new group coaching, new front runner stuff, like the events are selling out. So if you want something, go to ianloboss.com, go to the mental purpose podcast.com or go to frontrunner.group and you got it. You freaking got it. Now, today, here's what we're doing. We're talking, are you replaceable? Literally. It's an easy question, but it's loaded up. It's loaded up with trauma and bullshit and pain and fear and a lot of change and a lot of shift and a lot of evolution and a lot of looking at yourself in the mirror. And it's a question that both of us had to face. Aaron's is a little different because I have kids, but his is still just as important because Am I replaceable in what I'm doing currently for me to spend more time in something else that I'm not replaceable in? That's the general concept. So that's it. If you guys need anything, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. It's at Mental Purpose Podcast on Instagram or just my name or just Aaron Belke on Facebook. And we got you. Let's roll. We got you. We got you. Yeah, man, this is a, this is a big topic. You know, I, I think about this from like minutia all the way up. So this could be, are you replaceable on Thursday nights? Are you doing work that you could have someone else do that someone else is better at potentially? So you can go play soccer, right? Soccer has been my first love. It is also one of the few places that I can go where I'm 100% present. There's nothing else. I just play. I just lock in. I played that game since I was six, played through college, coached for 10 years. And to go play for an hour on Thursday night, it's irreplaceable. That moment is irreplaceable. And me in that moment is irreplaceable. But I can easily get caught up in like, well, I'm going to send another email. It's definitely not going to be read until tomorrow morning. And no matter what level you are at, nice. The, uh, the shingle has fallen. Uh, that, means, <laughs> that means magic is happening. You gotta uh, watch on YouTube to talk. To know what we're talking about. <laughs> the uh, that this conversation about replaceability is is really important. Entrepreneur or not, family man or not, um, yeah. but if you're someone on purpose, you need to talk about. It. Yeah, because what we're talking about here is the last part of the mission, which, in my opinion, is probably the most important thing. Because when it's been done, when too much time has gone by, you know, we're not going to get any younger. Decades will pass. Energy will decrease potentially. 
um, mobility or brain function or whatever it might be. I'm not putting limits on him. I'm just saying like with age comes certain things. And, uh, you know, you, you, you can't turn back. You cannot get your youth back. You cannot get your 20s back. You can't get your 20s or 30s or 40s back. So those prime years that you spend, like I'll give you, I'll give you the story or the example. The thing that really, somebody proposed this to me a long time ago when I was a busy realtor thinking that it was all on me, thinking that I had to be the guy that took those clients out, every client out, that I had to be the guy that did this and this and this, that I wrote that email that, you know, my systems might not catch this. My systems might not catch that. But really, it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that I was so fearful that if I didn't do a great job, I wasn't going to be liked, loved, accepted, appreciated, approved of. But I also, again, another layer deeper than that was, like, what happens if my business goes under? Like, who am I? Am I a loser? Am I a failure? Am I not worthy? Am I not valuable to my family or to society? So within that room that we talk about at our front runner events and in our group coaching programs, that first step of illumination, I thought the room had three corners and the room actually had six corners. And my goal needed to not be hustle here where I am replaceable because any real estate agent that's listening to this right now, you are 100% replaceable. And if you are saying, no, Ian, you're wrong, not me. I have amazing clients. Then, then what? Just think about this. If you died tomorrow, would your clients all bail on the transactions that are in right now? Like active transactions under contract. And that's what someone said to me, go home. You don't need to keep doing this. And so it's a, it, like there, there's, there are six corners, three of which I thought were, well, my clients need me or my systems aren't good enough and I don't know this and you know, I don't know what I don't know and I'm fearful. But then like I started illuminating those other corners and those are the things that I said to you, which are like, am I going to be worthy? Am I going to be valuable? Is my wife going to still love me? Is my, are my kids still going to think that I'm a great dad? And my parents going to think that I'm a success? That's freaking heavily weighted. Yep. But here's the thing. I stayed somewhere where I was replaceable because the fear was magnetic and it kept me there versus going to the place where I'm irreplaceable, which is at home, where fear was actually like more present because I didn't think that I could be the dad, the husband, the son, the father. Like, I didn't think that I could actually live up to the vision that I had for myself in my life. And really all it was was a shit ton of trauma and distractions in my way. Like literally that simple. Well, I definitely understand all of that. And ironically, the, the place that, that I feel is easiest to fall prey to is work and a fear of delegation. It's just very easy, especially as entrepreneurs or, or growth minded individuals, right? We're just like, I'm not going to delegate. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to break that down. Some of that's ego. Some of it's not. I find that the hardest place to really look at your replaceability is in your relationships. Yeah. And for a long time, that's not just romantic either. That's like peer friendships, right? Are you, are you like going to watch a soccer game or going to watch a football game or going to, I don't know, like a dance class and not being so authentically you that no one else can be you. Right. And that can, that can, a, a lot of things that can mean are you hiding are you just not present are you 
dealing with like false feelings or false um, intuitions about whether or not this is something you want to do. Like there are so many ways that you can spend time with someone and never actually be there, which makes you replaceable. Yeah, hundred percent. Go back into that, that piece that you said earlier about um, like fear of delegation. Because I was down in St. Martin this weekend. I mean, this episode is going to come out next week anyway, so it's timely. I was in St. Martin last weekend with our real estate team, um, Island Dreams that we have down there. And um, it was interesting because a lot of the agents were saying the same thing. I, I'm the one that needs to do this. The clients want me. But like go into the detail about that or what you learned about yourself because it's only about you. It's only about me and our experience. I mean, we're not right. We just yeah. know what's serving us best, you know? Yeah, the delegation has been a really interesting study for me. I remember beginning entrepreneurship six and a half, some years ago. At that point, my whole world of delegation revolved around Tim Ferriss's four-hour work, which was like yeah. a weird tactical guide to delegation. What I really extracted from that was, was VAs. So now I've got a VA, but the VA is doing things for me. They're not creating at the same time. They're not thoughtful. I'm not giving them that kind of work. I'm just having them do tasks. Yep. And while that's helpful, that's only a small fragment of delegation. What I then learned was that my biggest fear around delegation was my reputation. That my reputation was on the line when someone else did work. And the next phase of growth for me, phase two, if you will, was, okay, how do I verify that it has the, the caliber and the effort and the integrity attached to the work and still gets delivered the same way? So that was a learning process. And, and what I learned there was, for the most part, if I declare expectations correctly, that will happen. It's all about naming those expectations, labeling the instructions effectively, and then giving it to the right person. But the third phase has been the most interesting. The third phase has really been delegation from a place of pure and like real autonomy for someone else to be better at the task than I ever would be and to get the hell out of the way. Yeah. And this version of delegation requires someone to really laser in on, on what they're good at, what excites them, what makes them feel in their flow state and have complete mastery of their ego. Maybe not mastery to like containment. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps just understanding of the ego, right. To, to where you can say, okay, this young person or this old lady or this, you know, dog is better than me at this outcome that I'm trying to get. And the best thing for me to do is to run support for them so that I can see them be successful. And to do that, we have to lay down our need for credit, our need for praise, our need for achievement, and simply let them win. And I got a lot of this from being a coach. And this is a big part of me as a coach now and we as coaches now, right? I'm here to help you win. The only way that I win is when you win. That's the only way that I win. 100%. But inside of a business, as a leader, this is also servant leadership. This is the 
replacing the top of the pyramid ideology with the bottom of the pyramid ideology. I'm the bottom. As a CEO, my job is to make sure they got everything they need, everybody on the team. Do you have what you need? Are you growing? Do you feel happy? Is this the right place for you? Do we need to get you on something else? Is this project feeling invigorating? Those are, those are different ways to look at it, but it all came from this very different idea of letting someone be autonomous as a way of delegating and getting the hell out of the way. Yeah. So I want to go back to something, which was the um, fear of your reputation being ruined. Cause I dealt with that a lot in this big brokerage that we're helping build down in, uh, in the islands. And a lot of the agents were like, but if I put it on somebody and they fail, then it comes back on me. And this, the same kind, of, kind of same kind of exercise that you and I work people through, which is like, and then what happens? And why is that? And then what happens? And why is that? And you have to ask yourself, I mean, to the audience right now, you have to ask yourself, why is that? Or, or, or and then what happens? And, but then, and then what happens? And if you're honest with yourself, you can drill down or, or, you know, what I was saying earlier, shine those lights on the other corners that are pitch black that you didn't even know were there. Right. Yeah. It's not scary if you realize the color is black. Right. This is from Matthew McConaughey book. Like it's not it's not that dark if you realize that it's a color. Right. And you and you have this context. that's like, OK, now it's not scary corner with anything in it. It's just a corner that's black and it's dark. And I just need to illuminate. So the challenge became like and then what and then what and then what and then what? And it's like, well, will I actually be valuable? Or will I be able to put food on the table? You know, yeah. in a situation like that, will I be able to put food on the table? And will I die? Because that's probably the ultimate. Or it is the ultimate. In most people, it's, it's the ultimate. In everybody, it's the ultimate. But in, in the psyche of most people, it's the ultimate. Whereas like embarrassment or like their ego getting completely crushed and them getting rejected is like the ultimate because they just don't understand that death is the ultimate. Yeah. So... It's very interesting because I had a lot of assistance in my real estate business previously, and I never, ever, ever would give them all the work. But here's the other thing. I knew that if they took too much off my plate, then I wouldn't be busy on those things that they could technically handle with like five minutes. It would take me like two hours. And I would actually have to go back out and kiss more ass and get more business, which is what I didn't want to keep doing. I don't like that repetition. Mm. of of like where you're a commodity as a real estate agent i was the commodity and for any real estate agents listening this is my opinion but get a clue you're a commodity that's like zillow is the iBuyer program is doing your job it's a computer doing your job you're a commodity whereas an effective highly trained coach i'm not a commodity i'm a luxury nobody 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 goes into louis vuitton or rodeo drive and haggles on a four thousand dollar pair of you know sneakers they don't they wait in line for that shit and they would pay extra just to be the only person that has that yep. but you go to target and you get anything you want it's just the quality and the caliber and so that was my biggest thing was i'm doing something i don't want to do i had some friends in the mortgage business same thing i don't want to keep going out and sucking these realtors asses and kissing ass and having to do this and do that and do this and, and you know another pie party and another this party and another cocktail party and another thing that I just like you're replaceable you're totally replaceable so if you want to stay in the industry you want to stay in then figure out a way to make yourself not replaceable from a, from a commodity to a luxury 
And that's what you and I have done. Like when we met each other, we were not coaches that were luxury items. We were coaches that were commodities because we were sort of newer in it. And I think, honestly, we were still pretty effective back then, but not like today, you know, and now there's hundreds of thousands of people around the world that trust us to, to help them lead or to help lead them through the changes and transformations they want in their lives. But the other thing that, that really getting clarity and illumination and then second step, which is the elimination on all these things that are holding you back is that when you are a luxury, there are no competition. There's no competitors. In my opinion, that's why people say like, are you crazy, man? You're a, you're a coach and you put other coaches on your podcast to promote their business. I'm like, absolutely. How many people could I possibly like, can I, I can't take on 40,000 people or 4 million people. And if I like what somebody else is doing, I want them to win too. That's, that's leadership. I, so I don't see competition in real estate. Everybody was my competitor and I was still coaching real estate agents to do really, really well. But here's the trick that real estate for me was the means to an end. And I realized that very early on, but it was really scared that without real estate, that I'd be nobody without the money, the success, the awards, the plaques, I'd be nobody. And what if I fail at coaching? What if nobody believes me? What if nobody trusts me? So that mindset just kept spinning. And one of the front runner exercises that we run people through is when you get to this stop sign in your life, in the moment and in the day, whatever it is, like that choice that needs to be made, most people just keep going left, which is the, what do we call it? Comfort land. Just, they just keep circling this vicious cycle. Every time they'll come back up, bing, come back up, bing, back through some comfort land, which is, you know, everything's known everything's predictable, but one day you got to make a choice to go into the dark, scary woods and actually say, you know what? I think this is the means to an end. What do I really want to be doing with my life? Or what do I want to do in this business that I'm not doing? And then you make that change. You can still teach other people. You have to do that to be a leader. But once you do that, you won't see competition anymore. A lot of coaches come to me and go, hey, can I get on your podcast? Sure, no problem, man. If I like your business model, if I like who you, who you are as a person, as a model of a person or a man, put you on. Other than that, you're probably just a commodity. And I don't put commodities on this, this, this program. So very, very interesting. Is it selfish to stay in where you are replaceable? And like where you could be delegating? Is it selfish? In the wrong way, in the non-serving way, it it certainly can be. It has been for me. Um, I also think much of what you just shared with real estate and 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 beyond has a lot to do with our identity. Well, we're just this is who I am, and and I've got to wear it, or I'm going to be a brave guy. And navigating that change can be very scary here's why it's selfish and when it might be selfish if you're tuned in so you can get a, a checkpoint to evaluate a little bit more effectively. And then here's where it's not. When, when you are in a position where you know that you need to delegate and you don't know how, that's when it becomes selfish. If, if you are like, hmm, I shouldn't be doing this and you are clear on that, but you don't know how to delegate. Maybe that's you don't know the right person. You don't have the right system. Um, you don't have uh, the right instructions or process down. That's when it becomes selfish. Not, not in the moment of like, hey, I need to delegate this out. But when it becomes prolonged 
And if you've been sitting on that for a while, that's when it becomes selfish. And the reason it's selfish is that on one side, someone else has an opportunity to do something that is big in my world, right? We are, we are servant leaders. And if there's a, a place that I can provide for someone to do something they're good at or, or they enjoy or lets them grow, I feel an obligation to do that. But, but even more than that, my job is to consistently grow. You and I say this all the time, the business yeah. grows to the extent that we do. And I'm being selfish by not letting go and therefore taxing the business. I'm, I'm literally taxing the business. I'm taxing the mission. So the tax is, is draining the company. I'm not benefiting because of my choice. Nobody else benefits. And the only yeah, the way to survival is down. So it's a huge tax. And again, it's not, hey, I need to delegate this, but I'm not sure how. Let me think about it today and start getting things in motion. It's like, man, I definitely should have delegated this a long time ago. I've been sitting on it. That's when you become a tax on your business. That's when it's selfish. The area that is not selfish is, is very easy and simple. If you enjoy it, it's not selfish. If you like genuinely get filled up by doing whatever it is, taking out the trash, uh, I don't know, sweeping your hard drive, whatever. If you're just like, I really love the disc defragment. <laughs> cool, man. Fucking disc defragment all you want. But make sure that it's truly something that is bettering you because you, all, all of your energy is going to be needed to do something successfully. And as long as it is draining you, it is a negative. But if it's truly filling that cut back up, and you can you can find that out in a couple of ways, right? Like if, if you go to do it and you feel more energized after the fact than before, keep doing it. That's a great place to be, right? We I think we have a culture of like over-delegation in areas that we genuinely love. And if, if you love sitting around and messing with stuff, cool, do it. Absolutely do it. Mess with stuff all you want, whatever that stuff is. But those two things make it very clear for me. One is, you know, if, I, if I'm clear that I can delegate this and I don't know how, but it's taking me a long time to figure it out, it's now a tax. That is selfish. If you're taxing the business, it's selfish. And then two, if you love it, uh, that is a very different example. Not selfish because it's in your best interest and you are the upper limit. Yeah, 100%. So the thing I think about is in my growth as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a person, as a father and husband and son and friend and all those things. Like the number one thing that I had to do was I had to trust. I had to have trust and faith in other. Well, really I had to have trust and faith in myself to develop or build the right type of expectations and setup and systems for people to follow. And so I always tell people that I coach, no matter who it is, it's around the world. If I'm helping you start a business, a manager will manage people and all the minute tasks, but a leader will set expectations and manage accountability. And now you have a lot more time. But the problem is that I was so scared what to do with my free time that when I would sit on the couch on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m., I'd be like, you know what? I should go to the office right now. This is really stupid of me. I have this extra time. I needed to write three more emails yes, last week and, I, and I, didn't, I didn't hit my numbers in terms of leads generated and contacts made. You gotta hustle, get, get to the office. And now my wife and my you know, like six month old daughter are sitting there like, well, what do we do? Do we ever get you? 
And for that year that Ellis was, when Ellis was born, 2016, like they didn't get me because I was so terrified that if I didn't keep the momentum going, that the monster was going to catch up to me and get me again. Yep. Literally. Like, that's what I thought. If I don't keep running, like I can't even stop to sleep. Like, or maybe the monster sleeps and I sleep. This monster sleeps when I sleep. When I wake up, I'm up and I got to start running again. I can't just take, uh, like, like, like my life is very different today. Like I make breakfast every morning and smoothies and juices and pancakes that are colored in different colors and have sprinkles on them and drive the kids to school and pick them up from school. Like that's what I wanted to do because those are the things that I'm going to regret if I don't do them. And no one else can do them the but way me. that you're going to do them with your kids. It's impossible. Well, like nobody else, like could another guy come in here as their stepdad if Mayor decides one day that she's like, I've had enough of your shit, you're out. Yes. Could could they could a guy step in and be a dad figure and make them pancakes and take them? Sure. I'm no problem. But it's not their dad. It's right. not their dad. Yeah, and so we, can, we can hear like almost separate, like it's the relationship there that's important. And the, the act of pancakes or whatever sure. you're in the kitchen is not the same as the time in making the pancakes, right? And the, yeah. the connection and the memories and, and all that. So that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down, right? Is is like the the thing you're creating or the, the process by which you create it, right? Yeah, it's great. The like thing that you're sharing in, in doing, like I'm at an amusement park or are you together being amused? Those are very, very different distinctions um, that that might deserve another runner podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down right now because that was really good. The thing that you're creating and the process you're using to create it. I, I don't really have to fall off the wall. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dude, would it be nuts if all the panels just dropped right now and there was just an A underneath and, the, and we're like, Oh my God. Okay. I guess so. So, but think about this. It takes a stage. So, so um, like the question that I was asking myself is what do I want my kids to remember about me when they're young? Just because Pricey's a year and a, you know, 16, 17 months old doesn't mean he doesn't remember. He's not, he's not going to not remember things. Else is five and a half. She's going to remember things. She's been remembering things. She knows shit when she was two. But like, do I want my kids to remember their dad rushed and anxious like I used to be and scared and fearful and pissed off and feeling worthless, running out the door every morning to go make money and support the family and be a breadwinner? Or do I want my kids to uh, remember their dad who got up every morning and made frozen juice and frozen pancakes? Or do I want kids, my kids, like this is my choice. Nothing's right or wrong. Just whatever serves you and the regret you're going to feel later on and the authenticity that you are revealing in your own life, like the authentic version of you, because we're all held back by traumas and conditioning and patterning and bullshit from the past. So I said, in my mind, I want to spend that extra 30 minutes with them because it's time with them. They're, you know, messing up the kitchen and they're stirring shit in and they're adding chocolate chips and whatever. I want that memory. Because right now I'm in control of the memories that we make together, right? And the moments that we celebrate together and the experiences that we have together. So I want scratch made pancakes every morning or whatever it is, 
we, we do cereal and then like we'll watch a, a cool video about sharks or cats or planes or, or roller coasters. Usually when I'm flying, I'll just, every morning we wake up, we do affirmations, we fuel our brain, we fuel, we fuel our bodies. Um, and then we watch something and learn. And like whenever I'm going on a trip, she's like, yeah, let's watch how airplanes take off or let's watch how, you know, let's watch how airplane wings work or how airplane engines work or how airplanes land or how, how do the wheels come out? So we're learning together. That's what I want them to remember. But that's me. And the only way that I got to that level of authenticity is by clearing out the bullshit from the past, which is the second phase elimination. It is not easy. It does suck. It does hurt. It has pain. It has tears. It depends on what your level of, of, of fulfillment is that you really want. And I want it pure. I want it to be unencumbered, unrestricted. If mm. anybody's seen my personal mission statement, that's literally the line, like without restriction or constraint. That means money, time, energy, all of it. I don't want to be restricted. So then what that does is that gave me a much more clear mission and vision for my life to understand, okay, dude, then you are really not replaceable over here. And you are really replaceable as a real estate agent. So where can you generate the type of income that you want to generate the freedom that you want, do it from anywhere, how you choose to spend the time you want to spend wherever you want in the world, creating those moments, memories, and experiences. That was, I got to, I got to push my coaching business up. And that's when Meredith was like, you, you need to gas pedal down this coaching business. Like the look, but when you get home from a listing appointment, and don't get me wrong, I loved most of my clients in real estate. And I say most, um, the way you come home after that is like beaten because you know that they could throw you away at any moment when you don't answer your phone. But the way that you get off a coaching call, is like almost in tears because you're so happy and so aligned. And that was a tough, challenging transition. However, the level of fulfillment skyrocketed after that. And the level of regrets that I was going to feel dropped to the floor because it's now calibrated. And that's the third step calibration, dial it in, take the chance, shine the lights on the corners, see the shit. You don't want to see the pain, the traumas, the dark stuff from the past Then figure out a way to get rid of it and then calibrate in the new you. And that's our, that's, that's our mission exercise. And that's it. And you either get to make the choice today that Ian and Aaron are assholes and they're so opinionated or you get to go, you know what? I've been doing this shit for 10 years. I, I need to make a change. And, and, and you then call us or you come to an event with us and, or you call another coach. We're not the only coaches out there. Go to another event, go to a landmark event. You know, I support landmark and I run a very big coaching company and I will always forever support landmark education. And so you got to make the choice today. Like that's it. You either make the choice or you don't stop complaining about it. Cause we have so many people that call us and they're like, yeah, man, I really want to make a change, but then they don't make any choices to make changes. No. And you are staying in replaceable territory. And I just think about on your deathbed and do a deathbed confessional. Like we should add this to the front runner um, exercises. I thought about it many, many yeah. times. It's deep. And, and, you know, when you take like hours and hours and hours to go through it, think about it. If you get, if you're completely lucid, right, completely awake, alive, aware, you're laying in a hospital bed or you're laying in a bed somewhere and somebody comes in and goes, hey, T minus six hours. Like, can you make check boxes at peace? Can you actually say, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. Or are you the, the, the stereotype and the five regrets of the dying who said, 
I should have spent more time with my kids, my family. I should have done this. I should have done that. I couldn't have done this. I, you know, like that's the choice. That's what all this is about. Are you replaceable or irreplaceable? And are you spending the time in the place where you are irreplaceable and not as much time and dialing in systems and leverage and delegation in the places where you are replaceable so you can live the life you truly want? Sounds simple. It's not. But it is just a choice away. Right? Important choice away. And, you know, if, if somebody is listening just as we, we kind of wrap things up, it's really important that you take the time to notice. It's just awareness. Yeah. If you don't have awareness of, of your replaceability functions or what you're spending time on, you, you can't make any change, right? Changes all begin at awareness. And, you know, go back to whether or not you're taxing or filling up your, your cup. If you're taxing your business, time to make a change. If you're filling yourself up, look for the areas that you're taxing and just, just notice that in positioning. And if you're having a hard time starting, not sure where to begin, feel lost, feel overloaded, feel underwater, call it. Send us a message. We'll, we'll help you with awareness. Sometimes it's helpful to have a person that can be third party just looking at what's happening with a degree of experience and a degree of discernment that's different than your own. And, you know, this, this concept of replaceability is that as well, right? If you're like, I got to figure this out alone. <laughs> that's what, that's what we're here. That's what coaches do. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a number of people that I've, I've gotten on calls with who want to change. They want to shift. They want to evolve. And as soon as you get into conversations, it's clear that they, they feel they have to go through it alone. And I get that mentality. I've been a you know lone wolf like athlete for a long time, but at the same time, there's uh, there's just a lot of need to know that you're not replaceable or that you are able to get help, and that doesn't vindicate you. That's not a problem for you. It allows you to get the support you need because awareness can be outsourced just like anything else. That is replaceable. Yeah. So here's the plug. I used to say shameless plug. And then you got me one day and you were like, fuck that. It's not shameless. This is what we do. This is our mission. We help people and we do a really good job at it. So you want help? Here's the free resources that we give you. The Mental Purpose Community is a free resource. There's almost 200 members in it. 200 people that are looking to elevate and, and evolve their life in some capacity that Aaron and I are running. We are there to help you. It is free of charge. You want the purpose-driven formula, the mini ebook, and and two-hour coaching course for free? Join the join the mental purpose community, and I will send you that. Just send me a private message and say, "Hey, send me the PDF ebook." Literally, go on Facebook or Instagram and say, "Hey, Ian, I heard this episode. Send me the PDF ebook, free." There you go, and that's all you need to do. You just have to take a chance and a choice, and say, "I, I just need something," right? And that's it. And you can get it for free. And if there's any other way we can help you, then we help you. And if there's not, then, then that's all you need. And just stay in the community and hang out. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Hit up the mental purpose community, hit up website, ianlobos.com, mentalpurposepodcast.com or frontrunner.group and, or my personal, Aaron's personal, Aaron Belke at, at Aaron Belke or, or at I am Belke. No, no, just, just Aaron Velke. Nice and clean. Yeah. Easy enough. Cool. Catch you on the next one.